Let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we thank you for this evening, and we thank you that we get to be here. And God, would that be our prayer tonight, that we would put our trust in you, that we would trust how you're leading us, how you're guiding us. God, would we sense some direction from you um, tonight, no matter how we've come in, if some people have come in tired, struggling, depressed, angry, frustrated, whether in their relationships or in their relationship with you, we ask that you would encourage tonight and Holy Spirit, as always, we just ask that you would do your thing and bring glory to Jesus and draw us closer to you. We pray this in your name. Amen. You guys can take a seat. So um, as you know, uh, tonight is going to be a little bit different uh, in the sense that we're going to have a panel and I got some people coming to, to share tonight. And if it's your first time or uh, maybe your first time in a long time and you're kind of like, I thought we were preaching the word, um, that is pretty typical in what we usually do every week. And, and we're not going to not do that tonight, but just in a different way. And so just so you kind of know where we're headed uh, after tonight, we have one more uh, kind of standalone series next week. And then the following week, um, I'm pretty pumped about, we're going to do a four-week series called FOMO and how to make sure you're not missing out and it will be on heaven. And so I am very excited about that. That'll be not next week, but the week after. And if you have missed anything, uh, whether for some of you, school schedules or work schedules change and things like that, I totally understand that. Uh, but as we have said and kind of encouraged, and some of you have maybe, uh, as I talked to you, maybe you found either us or whatever that way uh, through a podcast. Uh, we have covered uh, these five topics thus far um, in this series. If you want to pull it up for me, we have talked about how to find the one uh, the first night. Remember, we were outside, the bugs, it was hot, and we talked about how to find the one. And I know uh, felt like it was helpful. And as I've said Every single night, pretty much for the, for the most part, was if you disagree with what was said, because the Bible doesn't talk about dating and relationships, uh, if you're going to disagree, that's fine, but you need to agree with what? Some substance. You got to have something with it, not just because you feel like it's wrong. Why do you feel that way? That's what we've been kind of addressing. And then we talked about singleness, and if you should be single, and if you're single, what are you supposed to do, and all those types of things. Again, you can catch this on the podcast, and the kind of sex you want to have uh, will never forget that sermon in my entire life. Uh, the kind of sex you don't want to have, and we kind of talked about that and what that was. I won't forget that one either. Uh, and then last week, we talked about Ruth chapter 1, I Still Feel Lost. And hopefully, hopefully these have all been helpful for you in some way. Maybe, maybe one of them. Maybe one. Maybe just one of them. You went back, you listened to it, or maybe a friend sent it to you, and you thought, this was helpful for me. It gave me some wisdom. Because tonight, what we're going to do, it says in Proverbs eleven fourteen that in, in the abundance of counselors, there is safety. That it is a safe net to fall on because naturally there's a way that seems right to Mike Duma and that way will lead to death. The Proverbs say that naturally when I'm going through a tough time it will always cause me to fall one or two ways. So to make sure uh, for some of you uh, that you know what we're doing tonight is very biblical. It is in Philippians chapter 3 uh, verse 17. Paul says this, Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. What we're doing tonight is not that uh, Hope, Caleb, and Jordan, and myself are real. We just we got it together. Like we just killed it a couple times, and we want you to kill it like we killed it. 
That's not what we're doing. It says in 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. And there are ways in which Paul would say, as I follow Christ, follow the example or what I have learned. In ways that I have not followed Christ, don't do what I did. There's always two ways to learn from someone's story. It's either funny and you laugh and you make the same mistake, or you're able to say, hey, I want to I not do what they did or maybe lead to, to further discussion. So uh, the, you can text in if you want to pull up the slide for the number, and you guys can all come up, Hope, Caleb, and uh, Jordan. You can give it up for them. I don't care where you guys sit. Uh, yeah, you're allowed to clap. And so make sure your microphone is on. Caleb, give me a check on this one. Check. Check. Perfect. Okay. So the way that this is going to work uh, believe it or not, my goal is not to talk a lot tonight. And so I know that's a blessing for a lot of you. Again, this is my wife, Hope. Say hi, Hope. Hello. Yeah, say hi. And I know some of you have questions for her. Uh, this is Jordan. <laughs> some of you may know Jordan. And this is Caleb Esber. And uh, yeah, some of you know them as well. And so whether you know them or not, what I would like you to do, if you hear something that is said that you want further explanation on or you want to, to ask a question instead of an open mic and you come up, you know, sweating it out, you just get to text in anonymously. Uh, I have an app. It's going to come to me. I'm not going to see your name. I'm not going to find you. I'm not going to do anything weird. Uh, but when you send in the question, I need you to put uh, hope and then kind of for, for us to answer the question. This is going to be so hard for me tonight. Uh, but either way, the, these guys, they're just, they're loving this. <laughs> um, the first question or first kind of get us kind of going is Caleb and Jordan, I don't care who answers this, but kind of give us a three-minute or less story about how you guys met and uh, just kind of catch us up on where you are today. All right. Am I on? Can you hear me? Well, three minutes is like how long we dated, so there's that. Um, we met in college um, very briefly, though. It was like through a mutual friend. We didn't really know each other. Um, never really talked, just had that friend in a couple classes together. And then a couple years later, um, I was a bridesmaid in my best friend's wedding, and he was the best man. And so it was kind of like, oh, I remember you. You went to Malone, right? And then um, after their wedding over the summer, a group of us friends just kind of kept hanging out. And uh, I was not ready for a relationship yet. I was still getting out of a different one. Um, and he says that he liked me for a little while, and, uh, but he didn't pull the trigger because my friends were like, no, it is not time. She's not ready. So maybe you could give a little bit more on that. All right. Um, it's really quiet in here, and I'm really <laughs> nervous. So if I like, if I know you, I'm probably gonna stare at you, or I'm gonna look at my feet. So one of the two. Um, so yeah, we met in 2014 in Malone, and then the wedding was in 16. And that summer we hung out a bunch, and uh, I was like, she's the one. I'm gonna marry her. Can you tell us why you were, why you dated for three months, and then got married? Is that the story? Mm -hmm. Okay, please tell us why and how and what that, what that meant. Yeah, so, well, let me back up a little bit. So, talk to her friends, and they're like, yeah, you need to wait. She ain't ready yet. And I'm like, well, this sucks. I don't want to wait, and I'm ready now. You know, so that was in, like, June, July. I waited until October. And actually, she told me she liked me. Like, I would swoon her, you know, try and flirt with her a little bit. 
get her favorite ice cream or coffee or whatever. Um, so yeah, we started dating October and before we even dated, like I knew that she was the one. And then, uh, we talked the night. She told me she liked me and I'm pretty sure she probably knew then too. So yeah, we dated for three months, got engaged, married seven months later. Mm-hmm. Here we are. Yep. I didn't answer any of your questions. Yeah, no, it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. Uh, we'll, we'll, come, we'll come back to that. So I know you guys have heard uh, probably every story about Hope and I from my perspective. So you've maybe heard the story about how we met um, from my side and kind of she told me to get in line and all those types of things. And so Hope, would you share a three minute or less story about how we met from yeah, so um, we were both going to. We're not fighting. We were both going to like a small Bible college, and when you go to a small Bible college, um, you know the guys and some of the girls are out to get you. They want a boyfriend, they want a girlfriend, whatever. So they're you know, thirsty. yeah, they're thirsty basically. <laughs> so these, a lot of boys would be messaging me saying they liked me, and I was like, I don't even know you. I could be crazy. Um, so one of my friends that I, we were in the dorm together, she had just said to me, oh, like, tell them all to get in line. So it was just like a little joke that she had said. So anyways, Michael and I, um, I was working food line and he had come up to me and to talk to me and he said, you know, some of the guys on the basketball team are saying they like you. What should I tell them? And I just was like, oh, tell them to get in line. (laughs) And at the time, not like realizing how maybe like snotty or like. I don't know how arrogant that could sound. I just, like, thought nothing of it. And to be honest, if you know me, I'm not a very witty person. Like, that's not my personality. But anyways, um, so I had said that, and I know that he, Michael turned away and was like, I will never talk to that girl again. But obviously the Lord had something different. So yeah, here gr- we are. <laughs> girls, if you tell someone to get in line, that is a big red flag. Never talk to me ever again. I'm better than you. So that's how. So maybe don't <laughs> use that. That's how I felt. So. Uh, Caitlin Jordan, best part of marriage and worst part of marriage? Um, I would say the best part is just doing life with somebody else, not being alone. Um, that was a struggle for me. Like, I remember thinking that thought that I think a lot of people have, like, forever alone. I'll never find the one. I'll never be with someone. So it's really nice when the Lord orchestrates that perfectly, and then you do find the one, and... Um, everything is just so perfectly, you know, written, like he writes that story so perfectly. So for us, like the best part is just like having someone to come home to and do life with. And I mean, some of you know me, I've had a rough couple years with loss a lot in my family. So having him in my life, like that's huge just to have someone to lean on that you can trust. Worst part, Caleb. Worst part or another best part? (laughs) You got best parts or no? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you get to have sex. That's cool. Oh. <laughs> um, Amen. You I, get, knew, I knew he was going to go there tonight. I knew it. Caleb asked Caleb me how many on to. Friday night. He said, how many dirty jokes can I say? I said, just <laughs> wisdom. Wisdom, Caleb. That was wise. You got to wait till you're married. Um, best part. I mean, that, we're always hanging out. You always got a good friend. Anyone, someone you can always talk to. All right, give us the worst part. What's, worst the, part. what's the biggest? What's the biggest struggle for you guys in marriage? The biggest struggle for me is like, I got to remember that there's somebody else. Like, I can't just do whatever I want whenever I want. I got to think about the other person's feelings and 
what they want to do and just not being selfish. Jordan? Yeah, I would say something similar, like, you know, we've heard, most of us have probably heard that phrase, like, dying to self, and that applies in your relationship with Christ, also in relationships with other people, especially in marriage and, um, you know, boyfriend-girlfriend relationships, but it is really hard to not be selfish, even after you get married. It's not like, oh, you just want to do everything for that person, and, you know, the swooning phase does kind of fade out, and then, you know, you, you make selfish decisions sometimes, and it's really hard to, you know, be selfless and to choose the other person every single day. Um, so I was, someone actually just texted this in. I was getting ready to ask. So for Hope and Jordan, how did you find the one, right? So Hope, how did you find me? How was, how, how did that happen? And then Jordan, you can go. How did you find, how did, how do you find the one? What is your take on it? Um, so I guess for us personally, um, at this point in my life, I, had just gotten out of a bad relationship and I, you know, I was supposed to go to college in Florida all set and then I had decided I'm going to Bible college. I want to study God's word. So last minute made that decision to go to a small Bible college and um, at the time, like I, boys, men were not on my radar at all. Like I was not looking for a relationship at all, um, but I just wanted to pursue my relationship with Jesus. So I guess for me personally, it was when I was not looking for one, um, and I know that can be a hard answer because that isn't the way it necessarily works for everyone, but that was just for my story personally. Yeah, then I busted the door down, yeah. and we made it happen. Sorry. Anyway, yeah. uh, Jordan, how did, how, what's your take on how to find the one? Yeah, um, I also was getting out of a bad relationship, and when I had finally decided that, like, no more, I, I need to move forward, like, this is enough. I actually, I remember I, I sat down with my Bible in a journal and I just looked up just simple Google searches on what does God say about fill in the blank. So I would ask, what does God say about marriage? What does he say about relationships? What does he say about sex? And I would write all of those things down with, you know, the verse reference. And it was really helpful for me to just see like, my standards and, you know, the knight in shining armor that we think of or the expectations that we set, sometimes those are not realistic. But when we look in the Bible and we see what God says about the character of a husband or the character of a wife and what we should look for, um, that was something that was really important to me was somebody that lined up with God's word. And for finding Caleb, um, I also was not really looking. I was like, I'm done with relationships the next person I date, we're going to date for 10 years before we get engaged or married because I want to know everything. Like, everything's got to be smooth sailing. And the Lord just obviously made made it happen way And I swooned her really hard. And, yes, he did. How'd that happen? <laughs> I don't know. You just, ice cream. You have game? <laughs> ice cream. I don't know. Just <laughs> and coffee. Poking fun at them. He paid you know, attention to me. He paid attention to my favorite sure. things. Like, okay, wait, that sounded like more, that didn't sound probably right. But he did. He paid attention to my favorite things. He, he I mean, he asked, like, just simply how I was doing. And, like, I don't know. I guess I wasn't used to, like, someone who, like, cared about me and how I was doing as a person. And he pushed me in my relationship with Christ 
when we were just friends. So that was okay. huge. Yeah, all these girls are about to be like, yeah, I'm just not looking right now. I'm kind of just yeah. taking some yeah, time off. Yeah. So uh, you both <laughs> you both referenced uh, a, you got out of a bad relationship or a past relationship. Hope you can share first. And obviously I know mo all of it, I believe. But you can kind of share. If someone is in a bad relationship or in a toxic relationship, what would your advice be to them? And then, Jordan, you can kind of follow her. Yeah, so um, from my personal experience, um, I guess I have two things that I would share, but the first one is have like your closest friends and family keep you accountable. And I know for me, when I got to like the end of the rope where I was like, okay, I shouldn't be in this relationship, I knew that if I ended it and, but didn't tell my closest family members and friends like what was truly going on in the relationship or how he was treating me and that I was ending it, that I probably would just go right back to him. So, um, yeah, I, when I ended it, I made sure to tell my parents, my friends that I need you to hold me accountable to this decision. And even like in the back of my mind, I was like, oh, well, this is just like a break. Like we'll probably get back together. Um, but I knew if I told them that they would help me hold that standard that I had ended it with him. Um, and then the second thing um, would be, I have a little bit of backstory, but at the time I wasn't a believer. And, um, so for me, there was an emptiness and void in my life that I was trying to fill with um, worldly friends, kind of the party scene, and this, you know, bad relationship. And um, after I had ended things with my ex-boyfriend, I had heard a message, and they were pretty much just sharing the gospel. And, like, this wasn't the first time I had heard the gospel, but it really sunk in for me. And he was sharing about love and relationships and how... Um, Jesus truly showed us the ultimate sacrifice of his love in sending his son for us. And I knew at that moment, like, I needed to um, repent and um, be saved by Christ and believe what his son had done for me on the cross. And um, so I'm rambling. But my second tip would be if you do end a relationship and you're feeling depressed or empty or you have a void in your life, ask yourself, do I know Christ? Because, um, you know, a week when I had ended it, I was depressed, down, so sad, and wanting him back in my life, but then when I accepted Christ, like, a weight was lifted from my shoulders, and I was like, I know I will never be in a relationship like that again, um, and I finally found my worth and value in Jesus, um, but when I say that, like, that doesn't mean everything from that moment is easy or perfect, um, because we're not promised that, um, but Christ does offer um, joy and a peace like no other, so... That was would be my second thing. Thank you. Jordan? Sorry, can you ask the question again? Advice if you're in a bad relationship okay. and kind of given some tips in that direction. Okay. Um, yeah, I think it's really important to have good, healthy friends, um, people that will keep you accountable, people that you can talk to yeah. and, like, listen to them. I think it's huge. Mm -hmm. There were so many times I did not listen to my friends and they were just trying to help or I shut them out and I lost a lot of friends, um, you know, along the way. But my second piece of advice would be just what, how I answered on finding the one also would be how to not find the, the wrong person. <laughs> so like looking into scripture and like, I, I mean, journal, take notes on your phone, I don't know, text them out with somebody. But just looking to the Bible for what does God say about relationships? What does he say about my worth and my value? 
in him and in what that means. So I think it's huge to just know your worth in Christ first. Okay. Uh, Caleb, someone wants to know what swoon means. <laughs> please identify, please define. Swoon. That's a good question. That's what you said. I know it's what I said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, still, sure. I still use that. I just don't know what it means. It just means, okay. you know, swoon them, flirt with them. I don't know. You woo them. Get, you woo. Yes, yeah, woo. Word. You're wooing them. Swooning. Yeah, I mean, when woo. you're in the woo stage, yeah. I mean, you're pulling everything out of the hat. Yeah. Everything you've seen on a movie, you're, I mean, yep. well, I'm, we're putting stuff on the car. We're writing love notes. I mean, we're sending, I mean, it's like, it's it's everything. You don't yeah. write them to two girls at once, though. You don't write love letters <laughs> to two girls at once. I don't think I did that. Well, you and Zach were writing them. Oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. That's confused. a long story. So, that's yeah, a long it story. It is a long story. Me and my buddy, we were both interested. I was interested in Hope. He was interested in his, uh, this girl named Grace. We both wrote love letters. Zach was writing them in his handwriting for both of us. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we put them on the windshield, and it was very confusing. So anyway, uh, if you're going to write a love sorry. letter... Uh, yeah, be, write, write it yourself. But I can't, you can't read my handwriting. Like, if you know me That's and true. whiteboards and That's stuff like true. that. Um, this one is Spelling. for question. <laughs> I can't read either. Uh, Hope and Jordan. It's okay. If I break up with a guy because his heart isn't in the right place with the Lord, but later on he truly changes and he is truly chasing after God, is it worth reconsidering giving him a second chance? It's like Dr. Phil. Um, I would say the one thing that comes to mind first is make sure they're not doing it um, just for you and that it's a genuine like decision on their own and that it's not because they just want to get back with you Um, so maybe give it time I guess that would be my first thought yeah for sure and also spending time in prayer and trusting that the Lord is going to reveal that answer to you so don't lean on yourself don't trust yourself that to try and figure it out don't even trust your friends and family of course they're good to talk to but pray about it and believe that the Lord is going to lead you to the right decision yeah so this one is for all of us it says for all how has your marriage added to and assisted with your walk with Christ how has it drawn, or has it at times drawn you away? Explain. So the question is, in our marriages, has there ever been times when it drew us away from Christ, and how has it drawn us toward Christ? Caleb, you want to start us off down there? Well, let me think about it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, think about it. Jordan? I can start. Um, I don't know about drawing drawn me away from my relationship with Christ, but there have been plenty of um, roadblocks or, or tough time, like it going back to just being selfish like that has been the biggest thing for me and it's helped me grow in some senses to learn how to you know die to myself and to put Christ first to put him first and to not put myself first so in one way I've grown but then you know of course there are bad days and bad moments where I am still very selfish and have moments of yeah not so great moments I don't know that I could say we, it's put like a roadblock for me, but it definitely helps keep me accountable. Like, hey, did you do Bible study today? Mm-hmm. Hey, why aren't we praying tonight? Just somebody there always like making sure that I'm doing the right thing. Yeah. Pretty simple. Anything hope? Yeah, I would say my answer is kind of connected to the two of them. Um, but I guess like when you, when I vowed to be Michael's wife, I knew that I was vowing to be 
with an imperfect person. So, like, even for us, our engagement stage, and same for him. He vowed to be with an imperfect person. I'm not perfect, but um, our engagement stage, honestly, was really hard. And there were times, like, I would be like, Lord, is this truly what you have? And um, it just brings it back that nothing is ever going to be, no relationship's ever going to be perfect. And I think that we are very different, and I think that the Lord really uses that to help us to grow and be stretched, to be um, more like him. So I think that in that way, in marriage, it pushes us towards Christ. And then I would say, sometimes, like, if we're in an argument, um, you know, it's hard, and we're like, why, Lord? Like, this is difficult, you know? But um, truly and ultimately, he uses our, those hard moments and those hard things when, because the relationships work. So when you you know, want to give up, but he uses those moments to push us to be more like Jesus. So, Yeah, I, I forget who the pastor was who said it, but said that marriage is the Mack truck driving <laughs> through your life of making you more like Christ. And all of us is, you know, you what everybody would agree, hey, I'm maybe a selfish person in this area, in this area, in this area. But I mean, for me, I don't know about all of you three, but marriage has, I guess, exposed me in ways that I never thought possible or even thought like when you prep for marriage you kind of do premarital counseling you talk through things and then it's like holy crap and I, I would say for me the way that it's driven me away toward Christ, away from Christ has if you've ever gotten a fight with someone or an argument and you're not doing well for the day or for a couple days and you're not really praying you're not really in your bible but then when you restore it it's that much sweeter mm-hmm. I would say if we're fighting Um, And the best marriage advice we ever got, and it sounds like super easy and it sounds like very white and fluffy, was don't go to bed angry. It says in Ephesians 4, don't let the sun go down, you're angry. Sweet, yeah, we'll do it, that's easy. Um, But I'm not exaggerating, 3 o'clock in the morning yelling at each other is not not fun at all. It's it's exhausting, you're tired, you're annoyed, the fight's getting worse, when do you, you, should we just go to bed, should we not... (laughs) And not that that has happened in a long time, knock, knock on wood, because we, we've had, like, a rule. Anytime you make fun of someone in, a, in married couples, like, it's coming back on you. Just, you know, or if you're, you say you're doing good. Don't say you're doing good don't ever. Acknowledge Never it. acknowledge you're doing good in marriage. But anyway, um, I would say those moments where it's been so tough has made the good moments so much better because you work towards it. You work towards it. So, um, yeah, I think that's the answer. Oh, what I wanted you to say, Hope, was about the engagement. Our engagement was crazy. It was insane. I have no idea. I, I don't know why. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm sure we have reasons why, but how, because I think we both had doubts during the engagement. Mm-hmm. How did you, I guess, trust the Lord in that? And what would be some advice during the engagement yeah. that you would give for people? First of all, I want to say, like, you're marrying into someone else's family, so that is, you know, on, on top of other things. But anyways, um, what was the question? I'm engagement. <laughs> How are they, like, advice for getting through engagement well. What did we do advice wrong during our engagement? Oh, this is what I was going to say. Like, you're trying to plan, you're trying to do all these things, and so that can make it stressful. But I guess for me, I... Um, I just remember praying a lot and asking the Lord, like, if you don't want this, please close the door. Because there were times, like, if we were arguing or whatever, my mom's yelling at his dad because there will not be barbecue sauce at our wedding. I'm sorry. We so, wanted ribs. We so, wanted ribs. 
Like it was those, a thing. those things you don't like you don't expect that to happen when you're like, wow, I love this person, I want to spend the rest of my life with them, but you don't expect that you're gonna be dealing with these things. So it just adds a lot of extra pressure and stress. But I would say for me, I prayed a lot that the Lord would close the door if it wasn't what he had. Yeah, if we had to redo it, like we've talked about this, it'd be burgers and hot dogs at my house with a bonfire. Don't make like, it a big deal. It, we, it was just, yeah, People it was too much. People don't remember the details. Um, Jordan, this one, I guess, I'll just, because I'm kind of caught. This one isn't specific. Oh, it is. Sorry. This is for me and Hope. Why does the church look down on single people until you're married? Mm. Why does the church look down on single people until you're married? You got anything? I just did a whole message on singleness. That's what I'm kind of like, should I repeat it? Yeah. Paul didn't. Paul did not. But why does the church? Because sometimes we could be hypocritical people. Yeah, I think that expectations a lot of times are self-imposed. So we have friends who are single, right? Mm -hmm. And we have a young married small group that we lead. And we are with Jordan and Caleb. And we have single friends who would probably like to be in that group. But because of the dynamic of it, they're not. So they probably feel left out or whatever. Maybe they miss out on things, but none of that is intentional. Mm -hmm. It's not because we want, it's not like we're talking about like, well, until they get married, like, you know, they can't really be godly. Like there's not that type of dynamic with them, but a lot of it, I believe is, is self-imposed. Is Daniel single? Um, My brother, my brother, Daniel, uh, I, I believe as of, what's today, October 14th at 8.44, I believe so. Um, but, yeah, that's a, that's a different sermon. Uh, and that's, that's kind of a one-on-one answer. Um, this one's for me. <laughs> Michael, why do, what do you do when you've made your wife cry? So, um, yeah, maybe Caleb, you can, well, you go first and then I'll go. I've been talking for a while. Let's, let's talk to you down there. What do you do if, if you've ever made her cry? Not that you have, I'm, I'm not sure, but, but what's that look like? I've definitely made her upset. That's for sure. Or disappointed. Oof. That's worse. That's the worst. I don't know. Um, shoot, you are just waiting on her hand and foot. Anything she needs, you're doing it. Even if she don't offer, oh, you're doing it. It is. That's how Hope's it goes. It's like, that's so sweet. <laughs> Michael. Like, Jordan's great, and she is, she's the best woman in here. Sorry, everybody else. <laughs> Sorry, Hope, Mike. But, man, she is feisty. So, <laughs> like, what, if I screw up, man, you bet I am, like, dropping what I'm doing or thinking about doing, and I'm trying to fix it. Yeah. 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 Um. I, I mean, I'm, and I'm not saying this lightly. I, I don't know how many times I have made you cry. I, I honestly, we don't know. And Hope would say, would you say you cry easy? Yes, yes. So I am more if, sensitive than most. If so. she starts to cry, um, there's probably been a handful of times where it ends in us both crying, right? Yeah. To where it's like, this is, this is exhausting. And then yeah. when you both cry, it's great because you're both in it together. And it's just like we're both <laughs> upset. But if I make her cry or when I have made her cry, what do I do? Um, I obviously try to understand. I think early on it was obviously you'll know this before marriage, but it's like you're trying to fix it. And I want to understand who's winning at this point, And I think it's a competition and I forget like every week that it's not a competition, that it's not about certain things. It's literally just about understanding why. And if I've made her cry that I said something 
believe it or not, I said something that hurt her that made her cry. I need to understand that why that hurt and what, 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 what it was and how I said it and all those things. And sometimes I would say over the years, knock on wood, that we have gotten better at making a two-hour argument five minutes mm-hmm. to where sure. we've gotten better. The other day we were driving home. We're arguing about something. I pulled over. I got out. Like we, we stopped somewhere at a store. I pulled out. I came in the back, and I just was like, hey, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I feel like I didn't even know where that came from. Like afterwards, she gave me a hug. We were fine. It was great. This was Saturday, I think. Yeah. And before, I we felt like that would have been a good, I mean, there's the day. That's it. Like we're booked. <laughs> so um, that's, I guess, a short answer. So I don't know. I got to find all these. And if you um, know you're in the wrong, just like admit it. The yeah. quicker you get to it and put your pride aside and just sorry, just yeah. like Mike said. Yeah. Um, okay. No, no, no. These are, these are all good. Wow. Do I fake cry to help the situation? Uh, not, I mean, <laughs> not that I, I know of. I, I mean, I've never tried to fake cry. Uh, but anyway, let's, let's, get, let's get practical here. What does equally yoked mean? So equally yoked is not talking about eggs. It's in 2 Corinthians 6.14 that says, don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. It says, as, and how far do you go with that? As far as other areas of life besides religion. So if the person is a Christian and you're a Christian, does the Bible mean that you should, in what area should you be equally yoked? So I think the question, more specific, I, I'm, if I'm understanding it correctly, is asking, like, how similar you need to be and headed in what direction? Mm-hmm. How important was that for you guys? It was really important for me. Um, my relationship previously was not like that. Um, so... For finding, finding the one, going back to that, it was really important to me that I was with somebody who was pursuing their relationship with the Lord. And not to say that I could necessarily be the judge of that. I know that you can't always judge everyone's heart, but it should be obvious to an extent when someone is pursuing a relationship with the Lord. It should be obvious that they love the Lord, that Christ is first in their life. There should not be questions. There should not be doubt in your mind. If, is that person really a Christian? Do they really mean it when they say they love the Lord? Like they're saying that God is first, but like, I kind of know what they're doing behind the scenes. Like those are red flags. So, I mean, yeah. Um, and I want all of you, all of us, I guess, to answer this. Caleb, we'll start with you down there. The question is, is sex really that, capital, that good? Should I just, like, mic drop or what? <laughs> answer the question. Yeah. But, I mean, give, yeah, talk about it. Yeah, go ahead. Um, shoot. Yeah, it's sweet. Sometimes, uh, sometimes it's a lot. Sometimes it's not a lot. Sometimes they say no. Sometimes you're just like, I'm tired. I don't want to do this right now. Wait, wait, wait. Let me stop you because we talked about this on Friday. If in premarital counseling, you guys talk to talk about like expectations and reality. Oh, okay. Expectations was oh, like yeah. every night. Yeah. You. Yeah. <laughs> but, every day, twice a day. Like, yeah, I can't that's wait what you for think. our honeymoon because it's going to be like this. And then. Yeah, we, we, during our like dating and engagement and whatnot, we. We remained pure. We did. We did not have sex. Um, so, like, we were prior to dating her and her dating me, we were unpure. Which is why you dated for three months. No, but that, I mean, we had a date for three months just because. <laughs> no, that's but, a legit I mean, like, question. That's a good question. I mean, when you know, you know. So, like, why wait? Like, why wait and put yourselves in that temptation like even longer than you're gonna be? And when two people love each other, I mean, it's just like a natural thing that you want to do. So, like. 
the shorter the time, it just makes it easier. Yeah. I don't remember where I was before that. That's all right. Jordan, go ahead. Okay. Um, wait, I'm sorry. Is time? sex really that oh, good? Oh, okay. Um, well, yes, it is. Um, but also the, like, the expectation is definitely super high. And I, I don't want to say you'll be let down or disappointed. It's, it's not that, but it's like, when you get married, you're definitely not doing it every single day, three times a day. Life is great. You're telling everybody about it. Like it's, it is definitely not like that. And that's okay. Yeah. Maybe on um, a honeymoon. What? What? Maybe on a honeymoon it's like that. But yeah. Oh, once you get yeah, home. For sure. Yeah. Once you're home, like, yeah. yeah. The honeymoons, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's a different that's ball different. game. Um, I, for me, I would say like, don't hype it up in your mind as much as you are, you know, and um, I feel like the biggest thing is like, the best part about it is that you are married to this person and the reason why it's so good is because it's like, this person's going nowhere no matter what. And that's what makes sex the best in marriage because when it's just in a dating relationship, it puts your relationship way farther along than you actually are. Um, and so the best part about it in the marriage context is that that person's not going nowhere, no matter what, you know, you're sticking through it. So mm -hmm. I think that's what makes it the best. Yeah. Um, I feel like I've talked a lot about sex in here, so I feel like I don't need to say much. Yeah, so um, this one, I guess, before I move on to another question, Caleb and Jordan, um, I shared the one message about us having the conversation about our past. What did that look like for you? When did you have the conversation of like, hey, I've made mistakes. I would like to stay pure. This would be the goal, and this is how we're going to do that. Mm -hmm. So kind of give, I guess, some context for that. Um, we had that conversation very early on in dating. I would say like within the first few weeks of actually dating. I don't remember. We had, well, that's probably a good thing. It's a really hard conversation to have. I yeah, mean, she was crying. It, yeah, I, I think you were crying. We I were was both crying. crying. Like, it's hard to admit those things. And something you said in one of the messages in here was like to, when you do have that conversation to um, like respect what the other person does or doesn't want to know. They don't need to know everything if they don't want to know everything. Um, in our case, we gave the very basics and that was all that we needed. Um, but we, after... How do we stay pure? Huh? How do we not... That's, yeah. Well, after we had that conversation, we both decided like that that was not a mistake that we wanted to make, so... And we weren't living Christian lives before then, so yeah. like... At the point when we, like, met each other and started dating, we were, you know, living for Christ, and we wanted to make him happy, and we knew that if we uh, honored what he wanted, that he would bless us later. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I gave, I guess, my side of that, but Hope, do you want to answer that? About handling your past oh. mistakes and having that conversation yeah. with each other. I kind of uh, shared with them we were at Word of Life. Yeah. It was at the gym. Yeah. I don't know what you would want to I would say, that. like, it sucks. It's really hard. Um, it's not something that you ever imagine or want, you know, to have that conversation with somebody. I would say you don't need to go super in detail. He probably said that. Um, but, yeah, it's really hard. And if you can guard yourself um, from that before you meet the person God has for you, um, that would be good. Yeah. yeah. Next question is, for all of us, how do you navigate confessing sin to each other? especially when the sin is done toward them, lying to them, etc. Any of you guys can start? 
We've never sinned against each other. <laughs> it's never happened. Uh, I would say, and I'll kind of start, I'll just kind of get the ball rolling. When we sin against each other, not if, but when, um, the longer you let it sit mm-hmm. or stir, when your marriage is not doing well, nothing else really matters. Mm-hmm. It, it is true. If, you're, if we're off, um, not doing well, I'm frustrated, nothing is fun anymore. No, I mean, it's like everything's off. So I, until we can settle it, that needs to be settled. So mm-hmm. um, I guess even up to this point, everything that we've had that we've needed to talk about has happened. It's just sometimes it's five minutes and sometimes it's hours or sometimes mm-hmm. it's we, get, we actually have to be somewhere, like we have to go. So we have to sweep this under the rug for the d- yeah. rest of the day, which is the worst. But then you got to talk about it right when you get home or whatever. So yeah. um, I don't know if you want to add to that. Yeah, I would say um, a big thing is praying with each other because, you know, when you're confessing to the Lord with the other person, I think that's huge. And I know for me personally, I hate that. Like I will get in a fight and he'll be like, you want to pray? I'm like, no. And sometimes it's bad. Like, I'll, I'll be like, why don't you lead us in prayer? Well, <laughs> no, no. That's not, it's wrong. I shouldn't do that. That's but not <laughs> often, though. But I guess, like, there's a sense of when you're praying and when you're talking to God in front of another person, it's very personal, and you have to be very vulnerable, and I personally don't like that. Um, but I would say whenever we do get in a fight, and I know that I've wronged my spouse, like, praying together and asking the Lord for forgiveness and discussing with each other and asking the other person for forgiveness, I know that helps. Yeah. What about for you two? You guys ever sinned against each other? <laughs> well, yeah. Not yet? I, mean, I would say remembering, trying to, in the moment it's really hard, but remembering that you made that commitment from the beginning and you're not going anywhere. So if you have to confess sin to your spouse, um, just remember that they're there for you for a reason. They're, you can be honest with them and you can be vulnerable. They've already seen all the vulnerable parts of you. I think, I mean, going back to sex just for a second, like that is all of you. That is the most vulnerable piece that you can give them. So they know everything about you or they, they should. Um, so just remember like they're not going anywhere. They love you and, and they want to see you do better. I would say if they're coming to you saying sorry or whatever, you're going to them. Just whoever's reciprocating the sorriness. I don't know. Receiving the sorry. Receiving the apology. Um, just remember, you screw up. God gives you grace. You should give them grace. Um, they probably feel worse than you, so don't try and rub it in more. Yeah, don't, you, don't get in the game of, like, percentages, right? So I'm sorry for my... Point zero 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 one percent. Yes, bad. Right, just because a lot of times you'll play the how wrong was I, who was wrong, this amount of number. You know, what I mean, just accept whatever you've done wrong, and I, I would say that's and and none of it is gonna be like bam right on the honeymoon. You guys figured it out. It takes time. Yeah. It takes time. Um, this question, and we'll kind of wrap up and do two more. I think. Um, I think it's a good one. It's, it's a theological or biblical question of, like, how much do you need to agree on or disagree on when you guys are dating kind of into marriage? So theology, yeah. So Hope and I were just talking about this recently, and we're not going to get into the details. When we got married and we were dating, there was a certain theological point or thing that I was very adamant about. Um, and over five years, that has changed, literally flipped upside down. I mean, completely. Nothing crazy. It hasn't changed my 
I mean, I don't know. But anyway, how do you navigate that, and what does that look like? Well, I'll be very honest. For me, when we had met, I had just become a believer. So for me, it was like the gospel. That's what I knew. And so, like, I guess I was looking to him a lot for more of, like, you know, what he believed about the Bible because I was new to it and new to learning and things like that. But I do feel like, I mean, over time, the Lord is going to grow you and change you. And just like Michael said, like, he believed one thing and, you know, his theology had changed over time. And even for me now, I'm in a study of Romans on Tuesday mornings, and I'm, like, really just learning and looking into what I truly believe. So I feel like over time the Lord will grow you and teach you different things. I think what we have learned is growing in it together. Mm -hmm. So if you can't make a decision together on something, that's the bigger issue. Mm -hmm. So it's, is I, I think the big things are like a scripture authority, kind of stuff like that, same church, either backgrounds or whatever you're talking through, is can you make decisions together because things will change, whether it's a biblical decision or a family decision. Mm -hmm. So what about for you two? Um, I think, I mean, with anything and, you know, it can go specifically towards this, but being willing to hear the other person's point of view, maybe they were raised differently or went to a different family church growing up and have a different background. And like they were saying, like, you're going to grow together. Hopefully you should be studying the Bible together, doing like Bible pyramid. plans. Yeah, yeah. You guys all seen that, right? Oh, yeah, the pyramid. Yeah. The pyramid's no, the best. The pyramid's the best. Yeah. <laughs> Explain the pyramid, Caleb. Okay, so you got me over here. Did you learn this in Bible class? Premarital Maybe. counseling. Okay. I don't know. I don't remember. You got me over here. You got Jordan over here. And we got God up top. And we're going like this. Woo. Yep. Pyramid. Caleb's coming to teach next week, guys. So he's bringing the pyramid. Yeah, I'm feeling alive. I'm getting comfortable up here. It's like we're about done. <laughs> What? Nothing. Oh, okay. <laughs> Is he talking about our group chat name? No. Oh, no. no. Okay. Okay. Anyway, um, I guess how I want to, I guess we'll end out here is, is there any final pieces of advice or things you wanted to say that either wasn't asked or that you would say thinking back to your college days or single days or dating days, what you wish you would have known or what you would wish, wish you could hold on to? Because this time, because some people are struggling, some people are single, some people are dating, doing well, engaged, whatever. Last piece of advice. Um, I'll go first. Just remembering that your identity is in Christ. It's not in the person that you're dating. It's not in the person that you're married to. It's not in your friends, anybody. But your identity is in Christ, and your worth comes from him. And what he says of you is what is true. So just holding on to that truth. You got anything? Yeah. Pyramid boy. <laughs> yep. Um don't be, um, how old are you guys? How old are you? 18, are you guys like 21? They're not 21. <laughs> I was say, don't go to the bars. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't find your spouse at the bar. Yeah. Like, you guys are at church. There's plenty of single women and single men here. You know, go to weddings. Like, if you see, see one. <laughs> no, what did you say the other night? If a guy wants to date her, don't be, like, go, go talk yeah, to him. Yeah, go, go sack up and talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> Sack up, boys. Yeah. You heard it here first. Well, like, if, if, like, Wednesday night. What's the worst thing? He's getting tired. He's getting tired. He's getting comfortable. He's getting comfortable. So, true story about Caleb. We were doing our small group, and we had started this study about sharing your faith, and we all kind of had to go around. 
what's the one reason you don't share your faith? And everyone's like, man, I don't know the verses. Someone's like, man, it's just fear. Man, it's just the boldness. Caleb's like the last one. He's like, guys, I, I just got to sack up and do it. <laughs> so our group chat name is Sack Up. But anyway, uh, what else yeah, are you going to say? Um, just go for it. Like, worst thing that's going to happen, say no. You might get the number, go on a date, waste 40 bucks. But at least you got some good experience out of it. Had some fun. Met somebody. Maybe they got a friend. You never know. <laughs> like, I like it. I like it. I just like go it. for it. Like, Girl, hey, and, and girls, you don't have to amen unless you want to. But guys, they would rather you ask them out, go on a date, talk to them, right? And if it, if it doesn't go well, it doesn't go well. Yeah. The fact that Jordan told me she liked me first is absolutely hilarious. Yeah, like, it really that is. never happens. Don't put so much pressure on it, though. Like, yeah, don't put pressure on it. It doesn't have to. You're because you're going on a date. You're not marrying the person. It's okay. <laughs> I missed it. Just keep talking. Yeah, you got it. You got it. You got it. I missed it. <laughs> yeah, don't put so much pressure on it. Like, go on a walk. It's okay. If it doesn't work out, it's fine. It's not a big deal. Like, mm -hmm. but I would also say, like, don't just stay in your friend group forever because then y'all gonna just be friends forever. Yeah. So yeah if you, if you, you guys gotta, see a girl, you gotta make a move. And you're like, man, I, I kind of like that girl. If you don't make a move, someone else is going, and you're going to miss it. That's true. Yeah, the, the show, TV show Friends is cool, but you don't want that to be your life. Yeah. Some of you. Maybe well, you do. they do end up dating each other. I don't, I didn't watch it. But anyway, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> they do all end up. I've seen bits and pieces of it. You know what I'm talking about. Um, okay. We needed a Netflix plug. <laughs> Netflix plug, always. Um, okay, I think that's kind of all we got. I guess my little piece of advice is, I've, I mean, again, you guys have heard me talk endlessly hours on hours on hours. But... Proverbs 13, 12 is kind of my proverb right now. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. Stay hopeful. And I know for some of you, you hear us talking, and you're like, it's easy for them. They're married. They haven't been through it. I've been through it. and done what I've done. Um, believe that God does have a plan for you. Obviously, there's no absolutes. There's no exactly this is going to work this way for you or whatever. But do believe God does have a plan for you. And when you do follow him... He is not trying to make life more miserable for you. I had to talk to someone actually earlier today, and they were talking about um, just staying with the person, even though it was so difficult. And I had to remind them they were not married. When you get married, God uses to bring you guys together, and you work through everything, no matter what. It's one man, one woman, one lifetime. You work through those things. But when you're dating, you put so much pressure on your age and getting married that sometimes you can make some life-altering mistakes. And so that's uh, what we want to prevent. All of them said when we were going over this that if you need to talk to them, get their number, meet with them, coffee, Starbucks, dates, whatever, one-on-one, -on -one, reach out to them, talk to them. And honestly, we want to be here for you. Uh, this is what this is for, and so hopefully it's helpful. Um, let me pray, and I'll close this out. God, we thank you for tonight. Thank you uh, for Caleb and Jordan and Hope just being able to share um, wisdom. And hopefully, God, it, it was helpful for them and uh, that we're able to take some things away and apply it to our life. And God, if anyone in, in here is struggling with maybe their identity in Christ or where they are, and they have yet to start a relationship with you, we believe that's number one. And so, God, would you help them to make that decision? And secondly, the second most important decision you make in your life is who you marry. So, God, give them wisdom. Give them guidance. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, guys. You are dismissed. You're free to go.